Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to Bedtime Stories with Celosia Crane for part two of Sunni and the King. And I'm not going to prevaricate any longer. We're just going to jump right in because we left Sunni trapped in a forest glade with a wall of fog that was like iron. She hasn't eaten for several days, and she's been taunted with fairy food. But she knows if she eats the fairy food, she will lose her immortal soul. So let's get right back to it. That night, the king came. He was in a cold fury that she had not touched the fine fairy feast. The roast fowls were still steaming, the ice is still cold, the smell more delectable than ever. You cannot lick sand forever, sweet Sunni. Roots and grain will not last. There will be no more moles in this glade. You will die of hunger, lovely Sunni. And then, very softly, or will you come to me? I will not die, and I will not eat of your food or drink, Sunni spat defiantly. The next day she was hungrier than ever and nearly too thirsty to bear. Near to evening she saw a bird fly into the glade and land in the top of the oak. Sunni climbed up and found its nest and ate the two eggs it had laid there. She apologized to the bird with tears in her eyes and wondered if it heeded her. That night the king came again. He was in a terrible temper that she had not touched the roast duck or roast pheasant or quail or the fine ices, the little cakes and butter. Sand will not quench your thirst, sweet Sunni. That bird will not return. Will you come to me and be my queen and know life without death? Life full of joy, never ending? Not and lose my immortal soul, king of the fairies. You are nothing but a coward. If you were as brave and as fine as a king should be, you would challenge me to a fair battle, and if I won, you would let me go free. The king laughed. <laughs> should I challenge you to jousting, then? Look! He gestured, and his fine steed stood by his side with padded shields and silver lance. And Sunni's old mare stood by her side, with her harness on her and the broomstick instead of a lance. Would you joust with that, sweet Sunni? His laugh was terrible to hear. You could challenge me, Sunni said evenly, holding her temper with effort. You could challenge me. The horses had disappeared. To a game of chess, fairy king, if I win, I go free from here. Chess, chess is a man's game. Is it? The king looked at her a long time. Oh, he was a handsome young man with his dark curling hair and disturbing golden eyes. She stared back at him defiantly. I challenge you, king of the fairies. Are you too cowardly to play chess with a woman? The king sighed. As you like, sweet Sunni. He raised his hand again. 
a fine chessboard appeared inlaid with onyx and rosewood and jade and set upon a carven ivory table. Silken benches stood at either side. The chessmen were most wonderfully carved, though curiously ugly. Suni sat down opposite the king and took the first move as he directed. All went well enough in the beginning, but at Suni's fifth move, her knight seemed to shift position. She was set to take the king's pawn, or thought she was, but her knight shifted back two squares from where she thought it had been. She stared at the king. His face was impassive as he took her knight with his queen. Her next move shifted, and her next. When she lifted her hand from a pawn, it was on a different square than the one she had placed it on, and she hadn't seen it move, and surely the king hadn't touched it. She lost two more pawns, another knight, and her bishop. She could not see how it happened. Her men were never where she had put them. The fairy king was very near to winning, and Suni sat hands folded, studying the board. She was very much frightened now, for if she lost this game, her immortal soul would be forfeit. She studied the innocent face of the king. Then suddenly, as she reached for her queen, Suni thought the little figure blinked. Blinked? Suni gazed at the queen. Had she blinked? She reached out and began to tickle that diminutive figure. The queen began to giggle. Suni snatched her up and tickled her till the little thing doubled over with laughter, wriggling and silly as a kitchen maid. So this is how you play, king of fairies? Well, I'd rather be dead than be queen to such as you. Suni flung over the chessboard with one angry brush of her hand and watched the carven men go running off into the foggy wood. Piskies! They were piskies! You have forfeited the game by cheating, and I have won, and you must set me free. The king said nothing. Stony-faced, he pointed the way of Suni's escape, and she saw the foggy wall part for her and fled through it into the wood, never looking back at him. Well, she walked and walked in the wood, but try as she might, she could not find the way to her wagon. She grew hungrier and so awfully thirsty and so discouraged and angry that she wept. But suddenly, when she felt too weak to go further, she saw a golden light, and she recognized the golden pig and the old hag astride it. They rode right up to Suni, and the hag looked down at her, her voice sharp as knives. "'You didn't heed me, young woman. You almost got yourself eaten by the troll. You were nearly carried off by the kelpie, and now look at you wandering around the woods like a mindless hedgehog. Well, I'll tell you but one more thing, and you'd better heed me this time.' And then she said, "'Butter will make them trip.' Spit will make the image come true, and the golden fire will bring you where you belong. With that, she was gone. Suni stared at the place where she had been and thought, what a strange old hag. And what had her words meant? Butter will trip who? What image was she speaking of? And what fire, for goodness sake? 
There was no fire here, golden or otherwise. Soon he turned around and was surprised to see the glade right before her, and the king still standing beneath the oak, the feast still laid out steaming and delicious. And there stood the chessboard, set up and ready to play. And the strange thing was, the king seemed surprised to see it. Soon he thought hard of the old woman's words. Then she said boldly, "'Will you play again, king of fairies?' And quickly, as the king stared at the chessboard, Suni knelt and scraped butter from a crock beside the fine feast. "'I have won the first game, king of fairies, and if I win the second, you will change this glade to be as I want it, and return my mare and my hound and my wagon, and set me free.' The king of the fairies looked puzzled and cross. He sat down at last, facing Suni across the ugly chessmen, and Suni chose her first move. Well, at least, she thought, the game would take her mind off her terrible hunger and the dust-dry taste in her mouth. But now the game was different, for as Suni moved each chess piece, she smeared its little feet with butter. Well, one of her pawns tried to move and tripped and fell, and that was the last of the moving about. Each piece stayed where she placed it, and Suni began to take the king's men his pawns, his bishop, his, his knights, and then his queen. And then at last she said, You are checkmated, king of fairies. Now you will set me free. The king pointed to the foggy wall and once more opened a path for her. But soon he did not rise to leave. I will not wander there again. You must make the fog disappear. You must bring my old mare back and my hound and my wagon and the water in the brook. You must banish this feast and this chessboard and take yourself and your fairies back whence you came and not bother me ever again. Now the king raised his arms to Suni in pleading, and Suni gazed at his handsome face, but she remembered the old hag's words. She had said, butter will trip them, and that had worked all right. And then she had said, spit will make the image come true. So Suni quietly and deliberately spat on the fairy king. Then she spat on the wonderful feast. Oh, the king began to wither and grow old as he turned into his true self, wrinkled and ugly as sin. And the fine feast changed to its own true form of brambles and sticks. And the king turned to flee. But quick as a wink, soon he understood the old woman's words. The golden fire will bring you where you belong. There was gold in the oak, something golden. Surely she had seen it. Soon he climbed, searching, higher and higher, parting branches, staring about for something, she knew not what, that would shine. Yes! There it was, high on a branch, mistletoe, thick with golden berries. Soon he clutched it, swung to the ground with it, and held it high, and it shone like fire. She slashed across the foggy wall, and the fog melted. She touched the brambles and sticks of the feast, and they disappeared. She touched the ancient fairy king, and he screamed and was gone. She made the brook flow clear, and she swung the flame above her head, 
and the old hound was there, and the mare and her wagon. Sunni hugged the animals with tears in her eyes. Then she knelt by the brook and drank till she could drink no more. So that was the third young man. Well, the old woman on the golden pig had meant every word, hadn't she? And Sunni was beholden to her. Well, Sunni hitched up the mare and spoke to the hound, and they drove off as fast as ever they could, and Sunni never camped in a glade again in the center of a grove. But she never forgot the smile of the fairy king, and she never forgot the smell of fairy food, and surely she never forgot the old hag riding the golden pig. Well, Sunni stood at evenfall of that day on a hilltop high above a village, and she put the mare on grazing and built a little fire and sat warm and safe in its glow, sharing her supper with the hound. She looked down at the village and dreamed of someone to love her, to dance and sing with her and hold her hand, someone who wouldn't turn into a troll, someone who couldn't turn into a kelpie, oh, someone who had a human soul and not the cold heart of the fairy king. Was there such a one? Well, Sunni thought, if there were, she would find him. Or maybe, she thought, yawning, maybe he would find her. And that is the end of Sunni and the King. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Bedtime Stories with Celosia Crane is proudly produced by Lantern Audio Works. If you guys would like to support this podcast, consider checking out our merchandise store, lanternaudioworks.com. We've got some really great merchandise for Bedtime Stories and Punks in the Library. There will be more merchandise coming soon to include N.J. Sullivan's podcasts, Brimstone, and Old Bob. So head on over to lanternaudioworks.com and buy a sticker. I hope you guys will continue to support us as we journey forward into this wonderful world of storytelling podcasts. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to connect with me further, you can find me on Instagram at Crane underscore author. Link is in the show notes.